Warning, in this episode, we talk about mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and suicide. If any of these topics are triggering to you, we encourage you to hop off and wait for our next episode. If you or anyone you know is struggling with any of these issues, don't be afraid to ask for help. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode three of the Millennial Effect podcast. I'm your host, Nikki. And I'm your co-host, BR. As mentioned in our pre-intro, Today's episode is going to be very intense and a deep one, and we have decided to speak about something that is not commonly or openly spoken about, which is mental health, such as anxiety, depression, ADD, and everything in between. So mental health is something that has always dominated my life, and I feel like it really has dominated the conversations that I have with a lot of my friends. And I know you might be thinking, how does this pertain specifically to millennials if this is something that affects all generations? But believe it or not, according to the 30, millennials are reporting these conditions at a much higher rate than any other generation before. I think a lot of it has to do with us being more open than the previous generations before us. And this is something that I wanted to mention and actually piggyback off of the first episode that the older generation really sees us as lazy. But in reality, it's our mental health that's kind of dragging us down and seem like we're lazy or entitled, but we're really not. Oh yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. And I actually, this is funny because recently I was reading this article that talked about anxiety and depression and OCD and how all of this stems out of us being like perfectionists. And I guess all of this kind of like makes sense now because I'm not, I'm not trying to like point fingers or anything or point fingers at anyone over here, but I definitely feel like us millennials were held up to such high standards by our parents and our grandparents that this perfectionism is triggered in our heads and this is where the domino effect of mental health kind of starts to happen. And another huge aspect of anxiety and depression in our generation, and for this one 100% I will point fingers, I feel like is social media. And this could be an entire episode on its own, but we're the generation of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And just like there's so many positives to social media, there's so many negatives that induce all of these mental health problems that say the generation before us didn't really have when they were growing up. Yeah, like you said, social media could be a whole episode in itself, but I definitely agree with everything you just said. Social media induces something else in us. Something that's crazy to think about is only 49% of millennials can say that their mental health is good or excellent. Of course, this is before the whole pandemic going on right now. And actually very few seek help because of so many different reasons. The two main reasons being going to therapy, the stigma behind that, and the cost of the treatment. I would definitely know about cost because it's so frustrating. Because as I was going through my different um, options for health insurance at the beginning of the year, none of the options that were being offered to me, keep in mind this is private insurance, actually covered for mental health. And the, the health insurance agent that was helping me kept making it a point that none of the insurances that were available to me covered for this so in my eyes I just feel like it's so messed up because a lot of us deal with more mental health issues than we do regular health and the second aspect of cost is that insurance companies or programs that do cover mental health the doctors that are available in network are extremely limited so if anyone out there listening has anything to do with health health insurance, please keep these things in mind and bring light to these issues. But anyway, I think we've rambled on long enough, so why don't we introduce today's guest. 
His story is actually one that hits super close to home, and it's something that not many people are prepared or willing to openly discuss. And I really appreciate him for coming on and discussing or sharing his journey with us. Yeah, the, the story is crazy, and I'm so excited for you guys to get to listen to this. Um, it's funny because the three of us met in college. He was actually one of my first friends in college. And although we haven't seen each other in so many years, anytime that we speak, it feels like no time has passed. And he's someone that when you ask him to describe himself, he's quick to say, I'm just a curious boy trying to bring happiness to the world. And to me, like, that's the cutest thing ever. But in all honesty, it encompasses his whole being. And I'll never forget the day that he decided to come into my dorm room and blast bachata music while he was dancing with my Swiffer. I definitely don't know him as well as you do, but I know you've always spoken very highly of him and you've always mentioned how funny and how positive he's he is or he's become and he brings so much light wherever he goes. Yeah, he he sure is a ray of sunshine. So, let's welcome Gawon Sueto. He's the founder of Alivio. He's a mental health advocate. Welcome to the show. Hi, hello, you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to this podcast. Amazing opportunity. Thank you so much. Today is going to be an amazing episode. And it has been seven years since we've seen each other around. And I'm glad I am invited here. I know. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I can't wait to hear about what you've been up to these last couple of years. And let's just ease into things. Yeah, perfect. All right. So, I mean, I'll ask the first question and um, it's just a simple question. I'm, so we, we went to college together for um, all three of us and we had three completely different experiences. So how would you describe your personal experience during that time at college? Okay. So Lynn, it was great at the beginning. I would say, well, I guess everybody thinks college is amazing at the beginning uh, you're new, you're receiving all this information, you're living by yourself. Um, I guess my first two years, freshman, sophomore year at Lynn were really great. Um, you met people, you know, you were in the dorms, it felt like a family. But after, I guess, two years getting into junior year, um, experiences, or I lived too much, or my expectations of my university was were starting to like uh decrease inside me i did not have like that the same pursuit uh i had at the beginning not because of myself but because the managing of the university i guess but at the end i met great people um i grew so much since being an 18 year old kid getting into college to graduating in 2017 I learned a lot and personal as well as business wise, but more personal stuff that helped me grow and helped me become who I am today for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like in, in that sense, the three of us kind of had like the same experience. College definitely oh, made sure. us for sure. Yeah. Because I went in with, with a mindset that I was going to do this, 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 and this, and I did mm -hmm. the complete opposite when I got there. So I totally can relate to what you were saying. Yeah, like, I guess college is a platform for all, for all of us at the beginning. Uh, some people, like, don't want to stay in college. You don't have to be in college to be successful. That's something you both know. You've lived it. You know where you've lived it. And, hey, 
it's a good experience, but if you know that you could do better in the outside world with uh, those $100,000 that you were to invest in college, hey, it's, yeah. it's a good exactly. choice, you know? Uh -huh. but oh yeah for sure I, for sure our our college i the the nice thing about our college i really enjoyed was the fact that we had people from everywhere and we connected with everyone no matter mm -hmm. what and i guess that's something i'll always take and i always try to connect with everyone no matter where they come from or their past you know it's something that definitely helped me shape me into who i am today it's no judging just hey welcome everyone with open arms everyone has different cultures different beliefs and you're not the only one right in this world you know so for sure about that experience i would say the three of us connected in that way uh coming from different countries coming from different kind of different cultures and we just bonded you know yeah yeah i feel like that definitely helped with the whole college experience because none of us were close to home so that kind of helped shape who we we were and who we are now so that that was a big aspect of at, at least my personal experience and from from what you're saying your your personal experience no yeah like um well it's i don't know like sometimes i remember so much stuff uh about college and sometimes i don't know if it's me trying to not remember certain things the sad parts you know the times that i was alone i couldn't talk to nobody i felt unsafe perhaps my brain doesn't want to remember that part but also it's the bad things that made all of us grow and in the mental mental health aspect you know it made us grow and see what what and who we are as persons for sure mm -hmm. yeah so touching on the mental health aspect and now that we're talking about college and all of that how would you say that your mental health and even like your overall health how do you feel like they were during your time in college since you were living so far away from your family and everything yeah so like i said my first two years of college i felt um i felt good i was happy uh, I was going to all my classes, the weekends, you know, hanging out with the friends, et cetera, et cetera. But going into my junior year, I started to feel numb inside. And like now I know it's a feeling that it took time to grow inside me. It's not something that's from one day to another. And I started to feel numb inside. Uh, I started to feel lonely I started to feel that I could not connect to anybody or I could not tell anybody how I felt the sadness inside me. So that started to take a toll uh, definitely on my mental health. Um, definitely it started to take a toll on my body as well. Everything's related. So when that mental health issue started to hit me, I didn't know what it was at first. I didn't know it was if it was depression, if it was anxiety, if it was just me missing uh, being back home, or if it was just me trying to find something better. You know, I was like in a lot of doubt. But once I realized the anxieties um, that, that I was getting randomly, 
I definitely knew that something was wrong with me, you know? So for sure, it's something that I don't like about my college years, but I am more than open to talk about being depressed, uh, having panic attacks, having anxiety. It's not, it's not, it's something that if you do it by yourself, it's hard to get out of, you know, it's hard to understand what's going on inside your brain. It's hard to understand how you feel if you don't talk to nobody. Like, um, I know Barry told me this is like a special thing for you. Um, and you know that sometimes you, you don't know what to feel. It feels weird. You don't even know how to tell the other per person, hey, this is how I feel. You know, it's, it's a feeling that you've never experienced. And all of a sudden you feel this way. You feel like you don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. You start to, I don't know, find, find ways to kind of mess up yourself. Yeah. but it's because you don't want to feel no more, you know? Yeah. See, I mean, everything that you're saying totally makes sense to me because I've, I've gone through exactly the same thing. And I know probably a bunch of our, our listeners out there too have, have gone through this or they're going through it or they, they don't know why, or there's so many questions when, when this stuff is going on and it kind of, it feels like your fault, but it's really not your fault. Mm -hmm. And it's just tough. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, it's, it's a really tough battle. So. Yeah. And like, um, well, perhaps I could tell a little bit of my story, how everything started. And a, of course I'm open to any questions. Also, when people listen to this, I want them to know that I'm available for them. If they, I'm an, I, I know they don't know me, but this is a ju no judge free zone. I don't judge. I'll never judge. And I'm here for anybody that needs uh, my help to get out of this such thing called depression that hits many millennials. I am ready to help anybody out. Um, I know it's not easy. It takes a toll on you. A very, uh, it's a very tough situation to come out of. So when I, I first started, getting anxiety attacks like on my fall semester of junior year and i thought it was because of the pressure you know um you have these credits left you have to take these classes you just have one year two years left uh, you gotta get your your shit together basically i thought it was that until i started to get my first panic attacks random panic attacks with my first random panic attack, for example, was uh, before going into a very easy class, uh, you know, and I just I was just sitting outside the class and I couldn't move. You know, I was telling the people in front of me, hey, I cannot move. And I felt my I was sweating. My heart was pumping like if I was in a race car and I could not move. And before getting into a class there. I don't know, there was like a switch in my mind that I just ran to the car and I and I just drove home super fast because I did not know what, how to control this. Of course, my first solution, which is the solution of many people, is to auto-medicate yourself, you know, find that pill that's going to help you relax and is going to make you feel better. So I went that way. I decided to start taking the equivalent of Xanax in the Latin community. It's called Rivotril. 
I started to taking take that, but I was automedicating myself. I did not have any psychologists, any psychiatrists telling me, Gabo, you have to take this and this. No. Every time I started to feel anxious, boom, I, I was taking a pill or half a pill. Why is it wrong to automedicate yourself? Well, that pill, it started to bring me down. Okay. I was I was getting depressed. I was getting more depressed. I couldn't get out of my house. I was super relaxed. I was starting to have so many bad bad feelings, bad thoughts, because I was consuming something that I did not know how to consume. Okay. So a problem we have definitely with our generation is that oh we think that a pill or whatever is gonna is gonna balance ourselves, it's gonna help us, but it's not the way to go for sure. For me, it was the way to go and it did not go very well. So I, I kept getting these panic attacks. I kept getting anxious and I started not going out. I stayed at home in my safe place because I knew nobody could hurt me there. You know, So I started having all these feelings. I started to push my friends aside, thinking that they were not there for me, that they did not care because they did not text me. Uh, they did not come to my house and be like, hey, God, we haven't seen you in a few days. What's going on? But I started pushing everyone aside and I started to live a life that it consumed me. And I thought it was, I was, how, how could I say it? I thought I was feeling better by having this lifestyle that, hey, going partying, you know, then chilling at home, partying, chilling at home, all that. But that definitely was my turning point for me until I did not go to, to the university for a few weeks. I stayed at home. Uh, I cried myself to sleep sometimes like a baby because, first of all, in my mind, I didn't have nobody, okay? Second of all, I, was, I chose a lifestyle that definitely does not go with this mental issue called depression and anxiety. Third of all, I think I was just trying to please everyone. And once you try to please everyone, that's what kills you. Because once you don't please them anymore, they just push you aside. And for me, that was the case with many people. I stopped going to I stopped going to parties. I stopped going to Blue Martini. If you guys remember that place, <laughs> of course I remember that. How could we forget? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I stopped going to those places, so people stopped talking to me. And there's where that's when I realized, okay, people, a lot of people are my friends, you know, because they're getting parties. And that completely destroyed me. So then I decided to get uh, an emotional support dog because I couldn't handle it. I, I, I knew that if I kept going through this path, I wouldn't be in this world today. That's, that's like a fact. I say it openly. Um, so I got Remy. Remy's my Weimaraner. Um, he's my life. He's my best friend. And having a dog helped me out because I started to become more responsible. I started to think of somebody else that wasn't just me, you know. Mm -hmm. I started to walk. Um, I started to play. I started to get out of the house, do healthy things. But I was still struggling with the issue of depression. Why? Because 
I did not have anybody to talk to. I thought this topic, oh, I have depression. They're going to think, um, I, I'm, I don't even know what's the right word, but I knew people were going to start thinking bad things because it's a, it's a very delicate issue. It's a very delicate topic. And I even pushed my family aside, you know, and family is so important. We, all of us lived far away from our families during college. And instead of telling them what was going on, I decided to push them. I didn't want to know. I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. And that was another mistake. So if you see, like when you're depressed, anxious, having panic attacks, first of all, you don't know how to get out of that place you're in. Second of all, you don't even know who you are. I, I felt darkness. I don't, I don't want to exaggerate, but literally I felt, felt some kind of darkness inside me that just wanted to live a wild life. And hey, if I died, I died. And the rest is history. Nobody's going to be sad for me. Nobody cares about me. So I actually started not caring about my life yeah. until... One day, um, March 2nd, 2017, I, that was the turning point for me. Um, I started to drink a lot of cognac and, start, and started to pop pills because I didn't want to feel that pain anymore. Like, literally, I just wanted to go away. I did not care about anything else. Um, I did not want to be in this world. And I know a lot of people think that when they're in the same situation, they think that the solution is for you to not be here and everybody's going to be happy, but no. So I decided to either way do it. And when I was going to say goodbye to Remy, Remy was still in my life. Uh, I just fell down on the floor and he just started to lick me, kiss me, and I just fainted right away. But when I woke up, the first thing I saw um, was Remy with his ear in my heart. trying. Like I, I think he was feeling my heartbeat to see if I was all right. Because as soon as I woke up, hours later, I don't even know if it was the same day, um, he was there for me. I saw his face. And that was like a turning point for me to say, hey, this is not a solution. Like to try to kill yourself, to have these thoughts, it's not, it's not the actual solution. You know, th there must be a way to get out of this. So from that turning point, I decided to just be like, okay, I have to think of myself now. I have to think of the people that love me, that, pe that the people that, that are still around me, that I know that I could trust, and I could tell them, "Hey, I I am having an issue." No, but that took that took time. I could not tell a lot of people that. Perhaps I told two, three people, and they understood. My fear was my family, and family is so important. I know family is very important to you, Nikki. I know family is very important uh, to both of you for yeah, sure. For sure. You know, um, it's, it's, it's the center of all of us. And I couldn't even talk to my family because I didn't want them to be disappointed, disappointed on everything, all the mistakes I've made. Uh, they trusted me to go to college, to graduate, you know, to be, to be a grown up. Once you're in college, you're a grown up. 
you know, yeah, you party, you do all this stuff, but hey, it's time to grow up. So I didn't want to disappoint them. At the end of that year, I graduated. I thought I wasn't going to graduate, but I I did it. And I, I still felt so bad. I was drinking so much every day to feel this empty space inside of me that hey i couldn't i couldn't even stay for my my opt i i had to leave i had to go back to panama and be in my house for the first month i couldn't talk to my family i couldn't see them straight into the eyes and until this day that kills me and it was one month eating with them but not talking to them not looking at them they went out to eat and I stay at home in my room with Remy. I still had like that pain inside me until one day I could not take her, take it anymore. And I decided to tell them, hey, look, I don't want to disappoint you guys. I did this, this and this. I am depressed. I'm anxious and I need help. Once I said those words, I I felt so much weight off my shoulders. You guys, like, yeah, I cried. I cried my eyes to sleep for hours with them. And the only thing they told me was, hey, we got you. We're family. Like, we don't care what you did. We don't care if you took this. What we care is that you become better. Um, you, you become a better man. You You take this depression and make it a tool for you and make it a motivation for you not to go back to that dark place, you know? Like, of course, people that have not lived through that don't know how, don't know what it is. And sometimes I've heard people that told me, hey, you're not depressed. That's just being you stupid. You yeah, I it's, it's very, it's, it's a very misunderstood topic. Definitely. Especially, I feel like with older generations, they they don't believe in like therapy. They don't believe in being depressed, you know, like they're like rub some dirt in it, you know, like man up, let's go. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like, yeah, we've been through Vietnam. We've been through world war one, world war two. And you're like here, you know, crying because you're, you feel sad and you don't know what feeling it is. Like, Hey, this, that was your war, but we live in a different war. Like our war is this mental health. So, with all this, like, I took it as an opportunity to definitely become a better man. Like, 100%. I saw my family. Um, I saw them. Like, I saw my sisters. I saw my parents. And they were all so supportive. I felt that love that I needed. That love that I pushed away for so long. That, okay, once I talked to them... I could say that definitely my life changed like 180 degrees, boom, right away. I could talk to them. Now my dad is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Before he wasn't, like I didn't have that confidence to tell him all these stuff. Now he's my best friend. Like, hey, I'm so glad my dad is my best friend. I could talk to him about anything. But I felt so much pain that... And I've cried for so many days, for so many months. Um, I got consumed by all these. I, I got consumed even by, you know, our, our university is uh, appearances, you know. They see you, oh, you dress like this, you're this. 
oh, you look like this, you are that. You know, the three of us. Yeah, it's, I it's very like keeping up with the Jonases, you know, like you have to be a certain type of person, dress a certain way, act a certain way to like fit in at our school. So I feel like that would mess up anyone in the head, you know. Yeah. For sure. And it took a toll. Like you, it's like you try to please everyone. So you start like doing stuff that you don't you usually don't do you start also trying to uh, get everybody to love you but of course like i mentioned at the beginning they love you because of the blue martini parties the miami parties but once that's gone and you just want to go to a dog park and be there with your friends uh well people will be like um no that's boring yeah you know exactly so definitely that took a toll on me. Um, I was being someone that I was not. So once I started to recover, oh, by the way, if you guys have like any questions, if you want to go deeper into like the pain and all that, please open book, believe me, open book. This hurt so much for so many, for so many months that today I'm so happy to be able to tell people that you can get out of this but you cannot get out of this alone and you have to have the mind. You have to have your mind in such a good, peaceful place. You have to separate yourself from people that don't bring you good. And perhaps it's going to hurt at the beginning. But once you see that you are growing to be someone that you desire to be for so long, it does not matter, you know? So that's when I started to take the initiative to, getting to be a mental health advocate once i knew how to love myself once i knew that the people around me were there because of the right reasons i was like hey i want to be an advocate to to talk about mental health yes it's hard to talk about mental health but it's so nice to be able to tell my story without feeling judged and if they judge me hey there's people for everything, you know, yeah. but yeah, there, yeah. Tell me, Nikki. Sorry, I'm Latin. I talk a lot. <laughs> no, I'm Latin too. I talk a lot too. No, just like to me, it's it's it. Like it was so inspiring for me to see how you took this like really dark time and really intense experience and turned it into something completely el- like completely different. I mean, and I mean, for as long as I've known you, and it's been what seven years. I feel like you've always been an entrepreneur and you, you recently took this pain that you went through and turned it into a business. So I'm just, I'm curious to know like how, how this idea was born, you know? Okay. So the business it's called Alivio. Um, Basically Alivio in English is uh, the well, is there an actual translation for the word? It's like relief. Relief, yeah. yeah. It's it's called Alivio, it, and we are a company dedicated um, specifically to digital health. Okay, so the world is changing, of course, um, and now there's no need for you to go to a doctor to his office, be there waiting for hours. Barry, I'm not sure how it works in the states, but in Latin America, like. The doctor tells you 10 a.m. Uh, you're you're there at 10 a.m. But 
you go into his office at 12. That, he, he's been through I've, that I've with been, me. I've been through that multiple times. You're <laughs> waiting in his office. Well, you're waiting in the in the waiting room first. Then you're waiting mm-hmm. in the actual doctor's office for another hour or whatever it is. So it's it's never it's never on time. It's always hours especially after. Especially in Costa Rica where everything runs on Costa Rican time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm Jesus. sure that Guatemala and Panama are the same. They, they have their own time schedule. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah so like hey so much time wasted plus traffic plus gas plus parking tickets whatever so there's now you don't have to do all that and you could just go into Alivio and have a doctor's appointment through video and audio you know Um, we're not a social media we're not FaceTime like we've done safety protocols for you to be able to interact with a doctor that knows everything about your body because you when you register you put everything okay i'm type a blood um i've had surgery um i my kidney failed once but it's good now whatever you put all your data there and then a doctor can help you but i when my when when we started this um we just had that once i graduated and all that um my me and my dad saw an opportunity for mental health and that was treating mental health through virtual reality what virtual reality that's for playstation (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey believe me i've heard a lot but it's not through our virtual reality systems um we could treat phobias depressions anxieties even if you are anorexics and an anorexic person, we could treat you through virtual reality. You know, um, we have different programs for it. I still use the program from for anxiety and depression. Sometimes I put the headset on and I do my mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Once my mindfulness finishes 15, 20 minutes, hey, I feel good. I don't feel anxious. My mind is focused and I'm back in the right place. Of course, anxiety and depression is something that you got to take care of it for the rest of your life. You have to have that very clear. You have to, you have to like be with good people. For us men, you have to marry a good woman, you know? In your case, you did it right. I've always and, really appreciated Nikki supporting me, I mean, through everything, because, you know, it's not hard. It, it's definitely a lot easier when someone is there for you to help you through these things. Exactly. And since day one, since before you guys started dating, Nikki was there for you. I still remember that. I was telling her. And for us, it's very important to have someone that, that supports us in anything that we do and family, a wife, whatever it is for you. If you have that person, hey, you use them, use them the right way. So my dad became my best friend because we started doing all this of Alivio. We started to see how we, we could help people, how my experience and everything I went through could be a platform for others not to make the same mistake. And hey, if you did the same mistake, we got you. We could treat you and you'll become better. What we think when we're in that dark place is nothing's going to be better. Like this is as good as it gets. You know, it doesn't matter if you have $1 in your bank account or if you have a million dollars in your bank account. 
if you get hit with depression, you get hit with depression, you know? And depression has no boundaries. They don't care if you're Latin. They don't care if you're European. They don't care if you're Chinese. It just hits you. So with Alivio, we just decided to be like, hey, let's use what we know, what we've been through, and let's use it to help people. Okay? In, and yeah, on the way, it's a business. Of course, we cannot help people if there's no money involved. But we, we've been helping so many people, and I've been helping myself to get out of all these dark places that... Now I just want everybody to be happy. I feel like I'm a new Gabo. I'm definitely not the Gabo that, that was at Lynn. Okay, I've changed so much, but it's because I took my pain and I decided to to do something good good with it, you know? And it was just being open about it. I remember I posted a video on Instagram a few years ago telling my story, and that was scary. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. I was very scared when I posted that I was anxious I didn't know what people were gonna how, how they were gonna react and you know what 38 people wrote me a DM and told me hey Gabo I'm going through this can you help me you know 38 I didn't know I knew them but I didn't know they were going through it and they were like hey you're so brave but I'm not brave enough to tell my story can you help me and I was like please Please tell me what's going on. Call me. I gave them my number, my email, everything. And yeah, I've helped them a lot, but they've helped me even more to see that just by talking about this so openly, I talk about it so fresh, but hey, it's a, it's a tough topic. But once you talk about it so openly, people are going to come to you. People are going to feel comfortable talking to you about it. And like I mentioned, once you know that, when one, uh, sorry, when you know that feeling of pain and somebody else tells you, hey, I'm feeling this way, believe me, you can help them a lot and get them through the pain they've been through, help them become who they are. And that's when, you know, I decided to take my free time and be an advocate through technology for mental health. And even in these situations, uh, through podcasts now, helping the listeners know that they're not alone, that it does not matter if if I don't know them or if they don't know you guys, we will always be there to support them and tell them, hey, look, perhaps your path is different, but this is what I did, okay? Yeah. And let me hold your hand, perhaps. Hey, you want me to hold your hand for the first few weeks? I'll hold your hand the first few weeks and then I'll let go. You know, it's... It's so nice to be able to use my pain and use it for something so good, so nice and such a hard topic to be able. Ah, I'm sorry. I just have I just have so many ideas. <laughs> no, no, just, it's, it's a, like it's amazing what you're saying and and how you've you've offered your help to so many people in the past, and I think that that's amazing that you're still continuing to offer your help. So um, for I know, I know that you had mentioned to me in another conversation that if our listeners wanted to ever reach out to you and talk to you or whatever um, through Instagram or whatever, that you would be more than happy to do so. So I don't know if you want to share your 
contact information for anyone out there that's struggling that just wants someone to talk to um go for it yeah for sure a hundred percent so um my instagram it's gabo you know g-a-b-o a-n-z-o-l gabo and sol um please don't doubt on texting me calling me whatever you need believe me if you don't know me hey i think it's better for you guys because you know i'm not gonna judge at all if you know me i'm not gonna judge at all and it's a safe zone i don't tell anybody about what you tell me i try i try to be like a doctor you know patient doctor confidentiality yeah (laughs) essentially are though i mean you 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 basically did build this platform i mean and you took such a millennial approach by doing this and and you know doing it completely online and virtual and it's just it's amazing that you took such a negative thing and turned it into such a positive thing and now you're helping so many people and because you're, yeah and you're sharing like you're you're spreading that positive positivity with everyone else mm-hmm. so that's huge because i feel like not a lot of people do that or even are prepared to do that so yeah. i really i give you all the props in the world for what you've done and what you've accomplished so far and i i like from the bottom of my heart, I wish that like everyone in the world gets touched by you. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you so much. If I can do that, hey, I'll write a book. I'll do shows, but for free. If the world could be a happier place, of course, than it is a year from now, hey, we've done something great. And plus, with all this COVID-19, you know how many people are getting into this depression? They're, they're feeling anxious. They are having self-doubts. Um, economies are changing. For We're millennials. We've been, this is going to be our second recession. I believe we're the first generation to have two recessions in a 10-year spam. You know, 12-year spam. That, that's a killer for anybody. Huh? You know, when you graduate from college, hey, I'm ready to be a worker. I'm going to send my applications. Um, my college did not help me with that, by the way. But... Uh, <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm going to eat this world. And in these times, it's so hard because everybody's working from home. Uh, people are getting fired. But, hey, I, I, everybody that's listening to this, don't have self-doubts. And just try to keep your mind sane and focus on the good things in life. Don't focus on the negative because everybody's going through the same thing right now. But just try to be like sane with your mind go walk meditate whatever keeps you healthy please do it and if i'm here i'm here for you guys and if i can help you please please don't doubt on contacting me or even send me an email at gabo and sueto at gmail.com i'll be more than happy to help you out for sure thank you so so much not only for offering your help to all of our listeners and everything but for taking the time to sit down with us and share your story because I know it's it's something that's hard to talk about not something that a lot of people take the time to do so we appreciate so much what you've done for us today yeah definitely and Nikki and Barry something quick I want to do with my heart is well although Olivio is in Latin America we're actually in in all in all countries of Latin America Um, I want to offer the people that might need help um a, like a promo code that or when they want to use the virtual reality for them uh please don't doubt on 
texting me and I'll give you a discount or I'll give you the session for free. Um, if it's going to help you out with your mental health, please don't doubt on calling me or contacting me. I'm more than open to that for all of you guys and bring you, I guess, more peace into your life. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we will make sure to share all of your contact details in our social media and all of that so that anyone that needs your help can reach out to you. Yeah, perfect. Hey, thank you so much for like, really, really. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm glad I could reconnect with you guys. Uh, this way, I could see we've been through similar things. And it's amazing how we could reconnect. Um, we're millennials. We feel the pain. We feel the struggle. So please keep doing this millennial podcast. All the stories have been amazing. And hey, thank you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Wow, that was such an amazing conversation. I, I'm so grateful to have been able to get someone like Gao on the show, someone that's so open and willing to share his own story to be able to change the world, even if it's just by telling his story. I know that this will touch at least one person out there, you know? It's just, I, I can't believe it. You, you have to be a really brave person to, you know, turn something so negative and turn it into a positive and, and really be so passionate about helping other people. So I, I really respect him for that. And I just wanted to thank him again for coming onto the podcast and trying to help everyone out there. I just wanted to say that May is Mental Health Month. I wanted to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. And we'll see you next Monday. Bye. Bye.